Welcome back to the Puma Podcast. I'm Tori. Hey, and I'm Puma. And on this podcast, we talk about Jesus, life, and everything in between. And if you've been joining us in this series, we are talking about some of the survey results regarding dating, love, and relationships. And this is, I believe, part five, I believe, or is it part six? I can't remember. It's just one of the parts. Um, it, it, it's a part. It, it is a part. It is a part. It is a part. I believe it is part five. And on this last, necessarily last section of guarding the heart, but in the previous four episodes, we talked about, you know, how our hearts have value, how our hearts are worth guarding because God sees value in us. And then we also learned how guarding your heart is not just like protecting the things um, that we take in, but also protecting the truth that it is within. So guarding the good within our heart to not let the things from the outside world take away truth from our hearts. Then we went over some questions. We went over some questions about dating and responsibility, like who is responsible in the relationship? What does God say? Not just Puma or Tori, but what does God say about guarding our hearts and who is responsible and what that looks like? And so during this next uh, episode, we have kind of an interesting um, take. One of these questions Puma brought up, which I thought was really, really good. Uh, was about guarding our hearts and our relationship with God. So let's let's dive into that. Well, actually, what are we talking about when we say guarding our heart and relationship with God? We talk about guarding the heart, and when we had talked about the heart, we mentioned that the heart involves our mind, um, our wills, our conscience, our emotions, mm-hmm. you know, all those different categories. And, uh, you know, so the things that we think about, the, the, our view of right and wrong, um, our wants, our desires, our passions, you know, all those things. You know, so all that is all kind of symbolically tied into this concept of the heart. And really, mm-hmm. it's just the core of who we are. And so we talk about guarding the heart, but one of the things I think that is an issue always is um, in our relationship with God, it's not guarding ourselves from God, but guarding our heart as we relate to God. Because I think one of the issues that really easily can creep in to our life, especially if you have grown up in a Christian home or if you've been around, let's say church or, you know, and, <laughs> and, and maybe you have uh, done a lot of good things in your life, haven't, done a whole lot of things to get yourself into trouble, uh, one of the things that so easily can creep in is this issue of pride. Mm. And and this is where I think when it comes in relationship with us and God, I think this is one of the areas that we as as a church or as Christians haven't really been that guarded. We we think just because I'm in this relationship with with God through faith in Jesus that I just kind of think things and do things, we we see this in relationship to each other. You know, we, we relate to one another, we have a good time, but there's this, I think the the sin in us always wants to somehow think that we are, are better than other people, or we have to kind of one-up, you know, well, my dad's a milkman, well, my dad is, you know, he's a <laughs> engineer, well, my dad's the president, well, my dad is whatever, right? right we, we always yeah. kind of want to one-up. We're competing. Yeah, kind of up and competing, and I think sometimes we... We do that with each other in the church, but also I think sometimes we we have a higher view of ourselves than we ought. I think sometimes we forget our, our place in, in relating to God and think that somehow um, we God somehow owes us or somehow uh, we deserve 
you know, the things that we have. And I think pride can creep in um, to that. The book of Proverbs talks a lot about about pride, that a foolish person is someone who is full of pride. You know, pride comes before the, the, fall. the fall, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the New Testament, you know, Peter, God, you know, opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. To the humble. That uh, pride is, you know, one of those those sins that so easily can creep in. Um, and if we don't protect ourselves or be aware that our hearts are prone to pride, that can actually uh, interfere in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That can actually cause us to, um, in a sense, um, have God oppose us because mm-hmm. he opposes the proud. Um, that pride, you know, that, that whole issue of pride. So one of the, when we talk about the names of God, one of the names of God um, that we had talked about is El Elyon, the God Most High. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, one of the, I don't, don't remember if we, you know, touched on this, but one of the, uh, pictures of that is in Isaiah 14, and really the Isaiah 14 is talking about the the king of Babylon. But you know, some commentators, some people think he's also talking about Satan, describing mm-hmm. Satan. And he says some, something really interesting. He says this: um, "Oh, how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn! You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your Heart. There it is again. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Hmm. You think, what was the first sin in, in the Bible, the, the, you know, the original sin? The original sin really was pride. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was pride in the heart of, of Satan who thought, yeah, I want to be like the Most High. No, I don't want to be like the Most High. I want to be more than the Most. There can only be one Most High, mm-hmm. and and pride causes us to think that we are high or higher than maybe we really are. Yeah, that's interesting too. Like the first very sin. I mean, did, did Lucifer or Beelzebub did he guard his heart? Well, no, <laughs> and we know that because we see that in his rebellion, which stemmed from pride. So I guess the idea isn't so much guarding your heart against like other things guarding your heart from yourself it's guarding your heart from thinking that you either know better or you don't need god at all and in part when we talk about guarding the heart it's also having heart awareness so part of how you guard your heart is to be aware of your heart and when we forget that we had mentioned this you know in a previous podcast from jeremiah that the heart is deceitful and beyond cure our hearts are deception factories and so if we if we kind of put our guard down and aren't always aware of the tendency of our sinful hearts, this issue of pride can creep in. What's interesting there in Isaiah 14, you know, it says that, you know, O morning star, son of the dawn, you know, your, your beauty and you, you were, um, you know, you were beautiful and you had a high exalted place and, and yet you weren't content with that. You wanted to be higher, higher than that. And that, that pride always wants us to have a higher place in, in God's eyes, a higher place in other people's eyes. We always want people to see us differently. You see this in social media all the time. This is, mm. this, is what, this is what everything is about. We want to posture ourselves or promote ourselves or picture ourselves as, as high, as lifted up, as lofty in, in the eyes of other people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a temptation. It doesn't mean that 
we don't necessarily deserve some of those. Like there's nothing wrong with like winning and being, you know, um, <laughs> right. It's not wrong to come in first. <laughs> right. It's not yeah. wrong to come in first, but when we have this, this heart of always trying to posture ourselves to be seen as high or, you know, better, or, um, you could say, uh, not wrong or, you know, seen as, as the best, then, you know, we're letting that pride creep in. Right. And we're more concerned about our image and, and how we appear rather than being right. You know, I forget what pastor said this, but he said a lot of Christians would rather look holy than be holy. Mm, yeah, that's good. And there is a real temptation for us to come across as good or right when really that, that's a false humility. <laughs> like that's pride, trying to look like you're humble. Yeah. And we, we, we always want to be seen. I, I mean— Honestly, I, I don't wake up today and say, hmm, I hope people see me as a loser. I mean, you know, nobody, <laughs> right, yeah. nobody says that, you know. But And so we do think sometimes, though, that maybe in the eyes of other might seem less. Mm-hmm. And so we want to try to do something to fix that. Well, when it comes to us and God, you know, obviously we sin every day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we actually acknowledge it. <laughs> sometimes yeah. we actually maybe <laughs> yeah. But we like you know, and and so we want to be seen as as better, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so you know, with us and God, and honestly, sometimes we have done the right thing, but we're not getting credit for it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we're like, hmm, I, I want to be noticed for that, or I want to be seen for that. I want someone to give me credit for that. Maybe mm-hmm. I want God to give me credit for that. God, give me credit for doing good. I was, I did what you wanted today. Nobody seemed to notice. God, will you give me some credit for that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of did you a favor, or kind of right. that that, and that so easily can creep in. And I have a question about that too. Uh, stories and and places in the Bible where we see people who are righteous, but yet even, I mean, I guess I'm trying to phrase: Is it wrong for a Christian to be glad that they honored God? I mean, is there any sense of, like, I did the right thing. Good job, Tori. I give myself a pat on the back. Or should we never have a place of self-acknowledging our righteous works? Yeah, see, it's okay. We 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 don't self-glorify. We glorify God, and he lifts us mm. up. So Ephesians 2, for instance, it says that, you know, when we're dead in our sins and trespasses, God made us alive even when we were dead. And it's by grace we have been saved. And then it says, and he will raise us up with him. In other words, the benefits and blessings of Jesus are ours by relationship with him, not ours by our own rights. Hmm. And so he lifts us up to him. We don't lift us ourselves up to him. Hmm. And so there's a big, so there's nothing wrong with being lifted up, but it shouldn't be ours, our, our desire and, and the pride in us to want to self exalt, hmm. if that makes sense. Gotcha. Now, one, one illustration of this that, you know, comes to mind is is Job. Uh, I've been thinking about him oh, the last several weeks and uh, just that, that whole situation. And so, like, the story of Job, you remember the story of Job? Yeah, it's one of those, uh, I w- I'm not sad, but kind of helpful stories where we see this righteous man, a lot of bad things happen to him, Satan attacks him, gets permission from God to really abuse and just kill off his, his like, livelihood, even his own family, minus his wife. And... um yeah, Job is afflicted, but he was seemingly innocent, right? He's got friends that try to talk him off a cliff and try to give him some pseudo-bad advice, but they're wondering why God is punishing him. It must be because of his sin. Yeah, I mean, Job begins, I mean, the book of Job begins, you know, it says Job was a blameless and an upright man. Wow, what a great verse about you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, if there's a, a commentary on your life and, mm-hmm. and God says, you know, who, who are you? You are a blameless and an upright man. Yeah, that's a high, high honor. Yeah, that, that he never forgot God and he shunned evil. He always wanted to do God's will. And so much so that he would make sacrifices for his children. He'd do things to, to hopefully to promote them. Mm-hmm. And so Satan comes to, to God and says, hey, you know, Job only follows you because you bless his life. He was a very mm-hmm. blessed man. And Job said, you know, if you take everything away, he'll curse you. He'll curse you and die. And so the Lord says, fine, you can, you know, do whatever. Just don't don't take his life. And so mm-hmm. Satan is allowed to inflict pain and suffering. And as we read through Job, he loses all of his children. He loses yeah. all, all of his wealth. He loses everything. Mm-hmm. And what's so amazing, um, you know, he says, you know, naked I came into the world and naked I'll return. You know, I'm going to worship God. And that was his mm-hmm. posture after all that. Wow. You know, which which is really incredible. I mean, that the humble mm-hmm. posture. Now, his wife said, "You know, curse God and die." And if you have read Job, he has some friends that come alongside to console him yeah. in his pain and misery. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is the the friends come along and they like Job, Job, Job. You know, this has happened to you because you sinned somehow. So just mm-hmm. confess your sin, and it'll all be good. Well. Was Job in the wrong or was he in the right? He was in the right. He was righteous, blameless. Yeah, he was a blameless, righteous man. He shunned evil in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. And this was God's commentary on him. Mm-hmm. So he was in the right. And he even said, I'm, I'm going to worship God regardless of what happens to me. But his friends come to him and they say, hey, you know, uh, it's common knowledge that, you know, if you do bad, you, you get punished. And if you do good, you know, you have success. So apparently God is punishing you, Job. So why don't you curse God? Why don't you admit what you're doing? Just kind of come clean, Job. And this goes on for chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. Yeah. And so he has, you know, these friends saying this. And, and so finally, Job is like, listen, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. And, and over a period of time, he's like, I haven't done anything wrong. Finally, Job was like, you know what? I just want to talk to God. I just want to plead my case. I want to mm-hmm. be vindicated in the eyes of my friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that so- makes sense. Sounds innocent. Yeah, this whole idea of retribution theology, Job's like, I haven't done anything wrong. And, you know, the idea that God punishes people for their sin and blesses them for their righteousness. And yet he was he was innocent. He, Job, yeah, I get the frustration there. I'd be very oh, yeah. upset with God. Very, 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 yeah, very easy. And what's interesting is that Job thought he deserved a response from God, mm-hmm. that his righteousness deserved a response. Mm-hmm. And he allowed this, uh, you know, a little bit of this pride to come in as if somehow Job knew something or understood something. Now, he, he, he was a, a godly, righteous man, but he was not content with that. And so he expected an answer from God. Now, do we deserve that? Do we deserve to have God speak to us and give us everything that we want or all the information that we need? No. You know, and, and so um, what's interesting is, you know, after all that, after chapter after chapter, you know, you get to, you know, the end there. And uh, it says, then the Lord spoke to Job finally. And <laughs> I, after after all this and. It's just really pretty amazing, the end of Job. You know, the Lord uh, answered Job out of the storm, says, Who is this that darkened my counsel with words without knowledge? (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, all of a sudden you can say, mm-hmm. hmm, you can kind of hear the music going a little bit. Right. It's like, huh, what's going on? And so you have a couple chapters where God is just laying it out. Job, do you know this? And do you know this? Do you know mm-hmm. this? You know when the, the you know, wild mountain goats give birth? And do you know where all the lightning is stored? And do you know, you know where the storehouses of hail reside? And can you control, you know, the Leviathan and the deep? Mm-hmm. And, and he goes on and on and on. Well, Job was like, oh, okay, well, I, yeah, I, I, I guess I don't know anything. Well, <laughs> you know, the Lord says, hmm, hey, I'm not done. You know, he <laughs> says, will you, will you, uh, will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Hmm. Let him who accuses God answer him. And then God goes on for a couple more chapters and just kind of lays it out for Job. says, listen, you really don't know anything. You have this idea that somehow you deserve an answer, somehow that you can kind of rise up to my level of understanding in life. Mm-hmm. You, you have no idea what's going on in your life or why it happened. Job wasn't privy to the fact that Satan had come to the Lord and asked to, to sift Job like we. Job didn't know that. In mm-hmm. fact, as far as we know, as far as the readers, we're on the outside reading in. Job never finds out what ha- why this, all this happened. Wow. to him, hmm. you know, but the Lord, you know, says to him, you know, Job, would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? And hmm. really the, the, you know, pride, um, condemns God or trying to justify myself, hmm. um, at God's expense. And that was really Job's attitude. He's like, Hey, you know, I, I just deserve an answer for this. Hmm. And I, w- I want an answer so I can tell my friends to shut up because my friends are just really, they're not counsel- helping me at all. They're just really adding, you know, mm. more pain to my life. But Job did not deserve an answer. He wanted an answer. Sometimes God answers, but sometimes he doesn't. You know, and so guarding our hearts from letting pride keep, creep in, even when we're doing the right thing, is mm. very, very easy, is, is being self-aware and Job says something really interesting. After four chapters, after four chapters of this, um, Job says, My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Hmm. And I think this is one of the things that can very, be very easy um, in the Christian life is that we hear about God all the time, but we haven't taken time to really see, see God. For who he is, he is the the high and lofty one. He is God Almighty, and who am I to think that somehow I deserve an audience with him? He chooses to allow me to relate to him. He listens to our prayer. He wants a relationship with us, but it is not ours by right, and that is something that we deserve. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy in the Christian life, I think, to have an unguarded heart when it comes to the whole issue of pride, and to think that somehow God owes us. Yeah. No, that's really interesting, too. You have this great righteous man who, who, not even in his own words, God declares him righteous, right, when he talks to Satan. And yet the one sin that was able to seep through a very blameless man was pride. And for all of his, I don't call it glory, for all of Job's, you know, good deeds, he still felt a little bit entitled because of those good deeds. And I think you're absolutely right in the church as Christians— we know we're not perfect. We're probably never going to be at you know Job level of perfection. <laughs> this guy gets say, "Wow, you know, there's Puma, <laughs> the blameless and righteous one." Yeah, right. You know, yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely not for Tori. But it does make me 
just a little more like cautious, like, wow, like even quote the most godly of sinners, <laughs> pride was the thing that was able to sneak in and almost, almost even steal his, I don't want to say joy, but steal his perception of a good God that, that Job began to question the God he served a lifetime. It sounds like just because he felt that God owed him because of his good deeds. Well, and just when we talk about, you know, like watching out for what goes on in my heart, you know, Job was tempted by his friends to demand or expect an answer from, from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and he began to feel entitled. I mean, and, and Job was a righteous, blameless man in his life. I mean, he was, he was a, a great, great guy. Just because you are righteous and blameless does not mean that God owes you an explanation. Mm-hmm. And when and when we not when we don't check our heart, and, and this is why when Solomon told his sons, above all else, guard your heart, mm-hmm. for it is a wellspring or it is it is the source of your life. Mm-hmm. Whatever takes up residence in your heart is going to dictate or drive your life. Mm-hmm. And so we always have to be on guard. What are my you know, motivations for anything, for, for, you know, even for, for good things, Mm -hmm. you know? And so Job, you know, Job was just uh, an ordinary guy who wanted to do what was right, but he was not immune from, Mm. from a heart of, of having pride creep in. And so just one area between us and and God is to guard that, you know, the first really sin, you know, Satan was, was pride, you Mm. know, the, the highest of, of God's creation but was not content with that. Mm-hmm. It was the discontented heart that was not willing to be humble and contrite before the Lord. Yeah. Those are great, great even just closing thoughts that if we want to be people who really do have guarded hearts, you know, whether, you know, we're, we're Christian or religious or whatever, and just in life, nobody likes a proud person. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, ultimately, you don't, all of your friends, you don't want your friends to be haughty and stuck up and think they know everything. But just, for us as as those who do claim to love Jesus, those who want to guard our hearts, if our hearts are not humble, we will never really be guarded because pride, like you said, the Bible says pride, I mean, God's quick to oppose the proud. And if we want to live a blameless life, we have to have a posture of humility because the most guarded hearts are the ones that walk in humility and are, are reliant upon God and his power, not our own. Oh, that's a good word. Any, any closing thoughts, Puma? As far as a, a closing thought, you know, I just, you know, a, a word of caution uh, for myself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and for anyone listening, uh, that uh, pride uh, is a temptation that will come at us every day um, in any kind of situation, mm-hmm. where, as, and even in the areas of success or things that we think we deserve, which is really all the time, all the choices that we make, mm-hmm. when things go our way and don't go our way, the temptation to have a, a loftier thought of ourselves than who we really are before God. Uh, that, that, that's just a, a real temptation all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm kind of talking to myself here today. Yeah, no, but that's a good word. I mean, I, yeah, the moment we feel like God owes us something, that is the for sure moment we know our hearts are not guarded. And um, no, that's a really, really convicting for me too, you know. Uh, doesn't matter all the good deeds, even if we were blameless, <laughs> We are not, like you said, not immune to being proud. Well, thank you. And guys, hey, thank you so very much too, for joining in. We, we love having you guys join us as we all learn together what it means uh, to just, yeah, to seek Jesus. And d- despite the, the world or 
our hearts or wherever we're at in life, you know, we do just need to follow God in every single day action. So thank you for joining us in that. And we just appreciate your guys' time. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at thepumapodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, yeah, feel free to shoot us an email and maybe we can talk about it here on, on the podcast. So yeah, guys, tune in next week on Fridays at 10, 10, 10 a.m., 10, 10. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye.